I am so glad to be here with you to talk about ancestral trauma. This is such an interesting topic and such an overlooked topic in the space of coaching when we're talking about mindset. And I am really, really excited to dive into it with you today. If you're with us on LinkedIn, write a little something in the chat. I would love to hear where you're calling from. I would love to hear um, you being with us. If you're listening on the podcast, I hope you're enjoying a walk. I hope you are doing something outside and listening to this at home. All right. My name is Marcia. I am the unconventional career coach and I help people find a career and build a life on their terms. Today, the main, main message of today, if you leave right this second, what I want you to remember is that it is not just mindset that is holding you back from having that career that you secretly dream of. It's not just mindset. There might be some generational trauma, some ancestral trauma that's holding you back. I see a lot of this happening on LinkedIn, on Instagram, where people are talking about how we should just change our mindset and then we can get everything that we want. And the more I dove into this topic of generational trauma, the more books I read about this topic, the more I saw that it really isn't just mindset. By saying that, we're doing a disservice to the people who are reading our posts, to the people who are watching our videos, because there is an underlying layer of beliefs and patterns that if you don't address those, they will keep being a barrier in your way towards finding that career that you love. And that is ancestral trauma. Today, I'm going to talk about what that means. It's going to be an introduction today. So I won't be going extremely deep. I am not in like an epigenetic um, scientist, but I do have a lot of research here for you. So if I'm looking to the side, if you're watching me live, um, I'm looking at my notes because I want to get some of these definitions really correct for you. All right. If you were at the last podcast recording, if you listened to the last podcast recording, you heard Little Porter, the dog that we're taking care of. He's on a walk right now. He's having the time of his life, so he won't be barking. And um, that's a win. That's a win. So <laughs> we love him. And I'm really glad he's uh, taken in all the sniffs outside. So without any further ado, let's get started today. So I want to start with some definitions so that we're all on the same page because there is all this talk about trauma and what really is trauma. Let's start there. So trauma is a person's emotional response to a tragic event. This is the common understanding of what trauma is. And when you hear the word, you think of an accident, you think of uh, something traumatic, something big, impactful happening to someone. Now, I was reading a book called The Patriarchal Stress Disorder, which talks about ancestral trauma specifically in women. And the writer of this book, which I will write in the notes of this podcast because, man, I didn't write it down. She has a broader understanding of what trauma is. Her definition says trauma is any event 
or circumstance that made you feel unsafe in your fullest authentic expression and resulted in trauma adaptations. We'll go into what trauma adaptations are in a second. But this second definition goes much broader than what you might think of initially when you heard the word trauma. It doesn't have to be as big, I put that in quotes, um, as a car accident or your house burning down or a war or things like that. It can be as significant as a feeling unsafe in your fullest authentic expression. What that can be is you being really excited that you got an A in school, coming home to your mother or your father or a parent who is depressed, who is not allowing you to express that joy by their down mood, for example. That can be a traumatic event. So just for you to kind of have an understanding of, okay, we're talking about a much broader um, situation here. And these experiences that I am talking about, these experiences such as coming home with that A and not being celebrated, not feeling that there is space for your emotions and your feelings, those experiences, they're not knife stabs. They're paper cuts. And each cut chips away at the permission to be your fullest self. So over time, having a lot of these experiences, and I will talk about a couple of examples here that will show you how those experiences can imp impact us. But for example, um, racism, uh, being a woman and being suppressed in a male-dominated uh, industry, for example, those, those little things of, for example, minorities who have all these little paper cuts every day, the little paper cuts, they chip away at the permission to be your fullest authentic self. And that is traumatic. That can be traumatic. So for example, if you were angry at a video of an animal being hurt, let's say, and you speak up to your partner and you say, oh, this is terrible. And you express this anger and someone tells you to calm down. Your partner's like, well, calm down. Why do you have to be so upset? You are being stopped from having your fullest authentic expression. Just to give you an example there. So there's no space for your feelings and that is trauma too. So now that we know what, what we're talking about when we're talking about trauma, this trauma, like I said, results in trauma adaptations. And a trauma adaptation is a modification or a change in the body or in your behavior that helps you to survive. So a trauma adaptation is an act of love. It is an act of love from your body to you. It's trying to keep you safe. And in the book that I mentioned earlier, these trauma adaptations are described as prison guards. And I thought this was so helpful. This was really helpful for me. So I'm going to share it with you too. So the, the prison guard analogy talks about how instead of keeping the outside world safe from criminals, the way that we use a prison, the trauma adaptation prison is 
keeping you safe from the outside world. The outside world where your trauma lives. So here I am. I have a certain trauma. And my prison guards are trying to keep me away from that trauma. They're trying to keep me in my little cell where I am safe, in quotes, where I am safe and I can't be hurt by that trauma again. That is what a trauma adaptation does. It's trying to keep you safe from feeling that hurt again. And those prison guards, they use tricks to keep you in your cell. They don't want you to go outside. They don't want you to experience that hurt again. So they keep you safely tucked away from the outside. And one of the ways that they keep you safe is by keeping you small. Don't go for that job. You're not ready. That is a prison guard that can be a prison guard telling you, stay inside your cell. It's much safer here. Because what it really means is, I am not giving you the chance to be disappointed and get hurt like you did when you were a child, for example. If that was when the trauma happened, that's when the little paper cuts started to happen. So, for example, at least I have a job is something that a lot of my clients say to me. At least I have a job. I should be grateful. But what that really means is your prison guards potentially telling you, don't try to get another job. You won't risk being rejected and hurt when you were a kid, when you experienced that. So if you don't apply for another job, we'll be sure that you don't get hurt again. That's what these prison guards are doing. They're trying to keep you safe. But we both know, you know, listening to this, that that's not the whole truth. It is safe out there. It is safe to apply for the job. But our prison guards, they don't know that. They're just really scared of that hurt. And they love you very much. So they are trying to keep you safe. So that's what's happening with these trauma adaptations. Now, another way that they're trying to keep you safe is by rationalizing your emotions away. And I have said this to myself a billion times. I know you have said this to yourself a billion times. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, but that's just life. I used to tell myself all the time. Oh, but this is just what working is like. This is just what the real world is like. It just sucks. Work just sucks. And I'm just always going to be burned out. And I'm always going to be tired and too tired to enjoy my weekend. I'm always going to be living from vacation to vacation. That's just life. That is, those were my prison guards telling me, don't, don't go there. Don't go to those feelings. It's not that bad. Because if you go to those feelings, you're going to get hurt. And I don't want that for you. So I'm going to keep you in your cell because that's where you're safe. Another one of those sentences is man up. Man up. Come on. Don't go to those feelings. Don't allow yourself to really feel how shitty this is. Because that's going to hurt you. And we don't want that for you. Is what the prison guards will tell you. So at this point, I'm really curious if there is any sentence, any mental chatter that's popping up for you that 
you're being reminded of right now where you're like, oh God, that's what I, that's what my prison guards are telling me. Feel free to share that with me. Whether it's right now, if whether you sent me a DM, whether you reach out on email, if there's anything that pops up, just take a mental note. Take a mental note because this is going to be really helpful at the end of this episode where I'm going to give you some practical tips on how to work through this. All right. So now let's take the let's take the leap towards generational trauma, ancestral trauma. Trauma can be inherited because it causes changes in a person's DNA. And this is quite recent, this, um, these findings in science. So how does this transfer through generations? Well, when we experience trauma, it changes the way that our genes behave. So it doesn't change the actual DNA, doesn't damage the actual DNA. So there's no genetic change, but it changes how the gene functions. And that is called epigenetic change. And throughout history, we have all experienced trauma. I'm going to give you a couple of really concrete examples that have been thoroughly researched wherein trauma was passed on through generations. Because all that trauma that we have experienced as a society that has been passed down through epigenetic change, and it may very likely will still be affecting us. So a couple examples for you, and I want to start with a Dutch example, because if you don't know yet, I'm Dutch. Um, and this example comes from the Dutch hunger winter the Dutch famine. And this was in October 19, um, 1944. So this was right before the Dutch were liberated from the Nazis. And food supplies got cut off, cut off and um, 20,000 people died of hunger. Now, a research was done on the women and their children the women who were pregnant during the Dutch hunger winter. And what they found was really remarkable. They found that the children who were in utero, so from the women who were pregnant during the famine, those children, they were a few pounds heavier than an average child. And they saw this throughout all of these women who were pregnant during the Dutch hunger winter. The children were heavier. And as the study prolonged, they kept seeing that these uh, now adults had problems with diabetes. Uh, they were overweight. They were having obesity problems. They were having all these weight gain problems and challenges. And what they found was that the mothers during their pregnancy quieted the gene involved with burning the body's fuel. So what happened was that these children were born with a gene that behaved differently because what was passed down was a trauma of hunger. And when we are hungry, you better make sure when there's not a lot of food that we don't burn a lot. Because you got to hold on to that. 
But those children were living in a thriving society, having enough food on the table, um, now adults, but their bodies were still behaving as if they were in the famine in order to protect them from what the mothers experienced. So this is a very concrete example of how this epigenetic change happened during that specific uh, time. Now, what goes with this is more of a more of a belief situation because what I just talked about is a very um, very much has to do with the body. This has to do more with the mind, and I I only I don't know why I only recently found this out about myself, but. Uh, it's the finish your plate club. If you are familiar with that, finish your plate club. Uh, you have to eat your plate. You have to, uh, you can't throw away anything. I I am maybe not so much in the finish your plate club. I try to listen to my body when I'm full, but I cannot for the life of me throw away food. And recently, last week, we moved, um, we moved places, apartments, and I could not part with any type of food. The car was full. We didn't have a lot of space, but I could not throw away any food. I will eat any food that is past expiration date. Maybe not meat. Definitely not meat. Okay, not meat. But eggs, I will test the floating egg trick. Milk, I'll test it. I can't throw it away. And recently, it was like the puzzle pieces fell into place because my ancestors um, apart, both went through wars. So from my mom's side, uh, my ancestors lived in Indonesia and my great-grandmother was in a Japanese camp where she was with her children and there wasn't a lot of food and they had to really, really savor every single piece of food that they got. So I noticed that in my grandma, she will cook for, we say in Dutch, we say she will cook for an orphanage. And it's like, oh, come on, have a little more. Come on, have a little more. You have to eat what's there. You have to finish it. Now, my other side of the family experienced the Dutch hunger winter, my great grandmother from my dad's side. So, of course, I struggle to throw away food. Of course I do. And this is just an example that has to do with food, but there are so many examples, which I will get to, that have to do with your career choices and what you believe is possible for you and what you believe that isn't possible for you. So these things that happened years ago, they are still influencing us. They are still impacting us today. And when you become aware of them, you can make different choices. If that's what you want, you can be intentional about your choices. Maybe I don't have to drink milk that is expired. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that. And now that I know where this is coming from, I can make a choice for myself, whether or not I am going to keep doing that behavior. And maybe sometimes I will make my own choice. So this is an example. And the main scientist here uh, surrounding the research that has done also with Holocaust survivors, uh, which I won't go into depth in today, but it's the most, uh, most quoted research in epigenetics. So if you want to know, Google this. Her name's Vivian Rakoff. 
sure I'm mispronouncing that. And she did a lot of research on this in the 1960s. She was about the first person that I could find who dove into this uh, topic. So that's a first example, which has to do with famine and hunger. The second example I want to go into has to do with post-traumatic slave syndrome. So I want to talk about North America for a minute, and I want to talk about the slavery and how that has, how that trauma has impacted the generations that came afterwards. And this is still very recent, right? So the impact is huge and we all know it. We all see it on the news. Um, someone I want you to follow um, or check out on this topic is Brandon Jones from the Jekna Institute. I am setting up in the process of setting up a call with him to learn more about this, but he has done a lot of work on how generational trauma affects uh, the descendants of the slaves in North America. So post-traumatic slave syndrome is a condition that exists as a consequence of centuries of chattel slavery, followed by institutionalized racism and oppression. And this has resulted in multi-generational adaptive behavior of which some is positive, reflecting resilience, and others that are harmful and destructive. And the main researcher that Brandon Jones quoted here was Dr. John DeGroy, and he has done 12 years of research on this. Um, and I want to do a live that goes fully into this topic, so I won't go into too much depth today because honestly, I don't know enough about it yet to speak in depth. But the, one of the things that happened because of this trauma is that a lot of the people from the Black community are aiming lower than they can. They are aiming lower because generations before them have told them to stay small, Society has told them to stay small. And when you're taught to stay small, you're not going to go for that big job. You're not going to go for the big salary increase because it doesn't even seem to be possible within your range. It's not within your range of possibilities. Whether that is a belief or whether that is true, I think there is both at play here. Um, so... I want to share here again, this is not just mindset. It's not just mindset that you need to change and then suddenly all your dreams will come through. This is ancestral trauma that is holding you back from the career that you dream of. So if you start to look into this and start to understand better what kind of trauma might be you might be carrying with you, you're able to make better choices, like I said. So... Stay tuned because I want to dive into this topic way deeper. I moved to the States um, a little while ago, and I want to understand way more about this topic than I do right now. It's not taught enough in Europe. So this will be, we'll be circling back to this one in short time. All right. Then another example that is, is really, uh, really striking is, uh, again, children who were uh, in utero during 9-11. And this has to do with stress levels. So what uh, research has found is that the children from women who were pregnant during 9-11 have lower cortisol levels. 
So for those of you who aren't really sure what cortisol is, cortisol is a stress hormone. And having lower cortisol levels means that you are more resistant to stress. Now, you would say this is a really good thing. This is, again, the body is a trauma adaptation. It's trying to keep us safe. So the mother was in a stressful situation, so it's going to make sure that the child is really good at coping with stress. However, what happens with these children is that they are used to high stress. And it's almost like high stress is their normal. It's their baseline. So they go and look for stressful situations. And this is not a conscious thing. Again, this is, this is a deep down belief genetic thing. So <laughs> these children who are now adults, they don't go out into the world looking for stressful situations. But what they do catch themselves thinking is, I am not busy. Something must be wrong. I am not stressed at work. Something must be wrong. I must be not working enough. I need to ask for more work. I need to get promoted. I need to change my job. I need to step up to the next level. Constantly looking for that stress because that is normal. Again, your prison guards are trying to keep you in that normal because that's what they know. So they're trying to keep you in that stressful state, even though you are more resistant to it. This might be keeping you from having a career that you dream of, a work-life balance that feels really good. So another example of how this may be affecting your career choices. Okay, and then on the last example I want to go into is women in general. And I have done a lot more research into this topic because I have been interested in this for a lot longer. This is how I got to this topic, actually. I was looking at the patriarchy and I was reading about that. And that's how I found the topic of ancestral trauma. And when you look at women in general as a group, women have been oppressed for centuries. And when I say oppressed, I'm talking about not letting your voice be heard, being kept small, you shouldn't ask for things, you shouldn't speak your mind, um, you shouldn't stick out from the crowd. Literally, if you stood out from the crowd because of your intellect, because of your passion, you were burned at the stake. If you know anything about the witch burnings, you know that that was the case. These were smart women with opinions. These were women who were involved, trying to get involved in politics, who were trying to get involved in medicine. And these women were burned at the stake. So what kind of message does this give to the women of those times? What are mothers teaching their daughters? Be quiet. Be small. Don't stand out. And for centuries, this is what women have been teaching their daughters. And if it wasn't verbally, it was through the DNA, through the epigenetic change. Stay small. Don't stick out. Don't stand out. So is it possible that women as a cohort have unidentified symptoms of trauma as a result of historical and generational trauma? I guess the better question is, is it possible that women don't have unidentified trauma symptoms as a result of historical and generational trauma?
And I'm naming women here because I'm a woman and I have looked into this the most of all of these topics that I shared with you today. But this goes for any minority. Is it possible that they don't have those trauma symptoms? So it's it's not just mindset. Because if for centuries women were told to be quiet, to be compliant, and to be less than, simply because they didn't have a penis, here we are today struggling to speak up during meetings, not negotiating for our salaries, and feeling not good enough. Of course we are. And this is why I wanted to speak about this topic. It's not just mindset. Of course you are affected by this. Of course you are affected by centuries. Centuries of trauma. Of being stopped from your fully authentic expression. So understanding this ancestral trauma can help you take charge of your career and life. Being understanding of how what has come before you is impacting you today. So by now, I hope that this gave you a little bit of insight on how this could hold us back in our careers. We're playing small. We're going for less than amazing because we believe that we are less than amazing. We are worth less than amazing. We are seeing ourselves as less than. We are believing that working 80 hours a week is the only way to success. It's the only way to wealth. And that same behavior is keeping us from health and keeping us from wealth. I hope that you are seeing those connections through this talk today. So the question that comes next is how do we move past this? How do we move past this ancestral trauma that is keeping us where we are, that's keeping us stuck? And I have four steps for you that you can take in order to move through this. And I want to say move through this instead of move past this, because it's part of our history. We can't forget about it, but we also can't keep ourselves in this little tiny prison, guarded by these prison guards, trying to not touch that trauma that happened. We have to face it in order to be able to make our own choices separated from the trauma. So four things that you can do. The first thing I invite you to look into is to get more awareness about your past. Get some awareness about your great-grandparents. And if that isn't possible for you, some awareness about the people that you come from. Your roots. What happened in history with those people. Maybe you look at gender. Maybe you look at country. Maybe you look at continent. Maybe you look at your parents. See where you have ties to your history and where possible, try to understand what happened there. I had so many revelations trying to connect with my great-grandmothers 
who I can't speak to today, but I have gotten a lot of clarity of why independence is so important to me and why independence for men is such a sensitive topic to me by understanding more about my great grandmothers. So I invite you to, to see where can you get more awareness about your past. Now, the second thing I invite you to do is ask yourself, how does this affect me? What do you believe that is and isn't possible for you? Because it may not be your story. And I come back to this a lot in my coaching. Like we, t we tell each other stories and we tell ourselves stories. And some of that is based on facts and some of that is fiction. We're all great novelists. <laughs> so when you know this about your past and you look at how does this affect me, check in with yourself. Is this my story? If you are telling yourself that you aren't ready for a six-figure salary, is that you saying that to yourself or is that your past generations having told that story and, and like put, planted that seed? Ask yourself that because that's the only way to start making decisions for yourself. Which brings me to the third step which is decide what story you want to tell yourself. And this can be this can be challenging because we are in the now with our current fears, with our current beliefs, with our current obstacles that we're seeing. And still I want you to ask yourself, what is the story that I want to tell myself? Let's stick with the six-figure job. Do you want to keep telling yourself that you can't have that yet? And nine out of 10 times, there is no real moment when you will be able to have that. When I ask my clients, so when, when will you be ready? And there's not really a clear answer. So what is the story you want to tell yourself? And that can be, I am ready when I have X amount of experience. And you define that. Maybe you want to tell yourself the story. I am ready today. I'm ready and worthy of a six-figure salary. And you might feel some resistance here. So feel free to reach out to me if you are feeling that resistance, because this is not an easy task to do by yourself. It's not, this is why people hire me <laughs> because it is so much more easeful to have someone guiding you through this. We get to so much more depth when you have an outside perspective in this, who can catch little things that you might not be catching yourself, who can ask you the right questions at the right time. So feel free to reach out if you're feeling like you get stuck here. And then the last step, you have this awareness of your past. You understand how it affects you. And if this is your story of the story of someone else, and you decide what story you want to tell yourself. Now there's the last step that I want to offer you. And that is to design your next career step on your own terms. And today on this topic, on your own terms, goes so much deeper than just I don't want to be um, doing what my mom told me and I don't want to be doing what my boss tells me. On your own terms means deciding all by yourself what that next career step is, not by what your ancestors thought was possible because of the trauma that they experienced. But you, on your own terms, with the story that you decide to tell yourself, 
what will be your next career step. And this, my friend, is going to be so empowering. And I want to give that to you. I want to give you a chance to feel that empowerment because this can be a really heavy topic to go into. It can be incredibly heavy. So what I've done is I've recorded a 23-minute coaching experience that is going to guide you through designing your next career step on your own terms. All you need to do is grab a notebook, grab a pen, and settle in and listen to my voice as I guide you through this. And at the end of those 23 minutes, you will have actionable steps to take so that you can make that dream a reality, so that you can actually make that step happen. So I'm going to put the link in the comments here. So many of you have already tried this out and I'm getting so many great responses. So if you want to have a coaching experience from the comfort of your own home, on your own time, to use as you go through these steps to work through your ancestral trauma, or just because you're like, I feel stuck at work and I want to have that process of designing my next step. I want to feel that empowerment. I want to have those actionable steps. Go ahead and try out this coaching experience. I would love for you to feel that empowerment that all of those others have already felt for themselves. All right. So I want to leave you today with with this option for you to go explore as well as to stick it stick it in your mind keep it there it's not just mindset it's not your fault if you are struggling to work on your mindset cuz there is a deeper layer that is called ancestral trauma that you can work through to make things go a little smoother cuz it's not just mindset all right so you got your freebie coming your way in the comments right after this live. I also want to point some attention to my newsletter that goes out every Friday. And in my newsletter, one of the things I spoke about was this, um, because it, my newsletter is called Witness and Growth. And I share with you my personal growth journey. So every Friday, I open up very personally about what I have explored, learned, struggled with that week. And I am my most, most authentic self in these emails. This doesn't make its way to LinkedIn. This is for my intimate email circle. So if you want to be a part of that, I will put the link in the comments. And I would love to have you there because every Friday there's so much value to see how someone else um, is going through their own growth journey. All right. So... You got that one. You got the newsletter. If you want to be notified of these events, if you're listening on a podcast and you're like, huh, I kind of want to see this live, check out my LinkedIn and hit the bell because I'm about to release the uh, podcast recordings for June, the new topics. So I always invite you guys, but if you want to know what's coming up so that you can make sure that you're there, uh, hit the bell and you'll get a notification when I post my new podcast recordings. And they're going to be so good. And there's definitely going to be the one um, focusing on slavery and how that trauma has affected um, the Black community. So I want to thank you all 
for joining on such a such an important topic that definitely I have given my love. Um, hopefully that was felt by you guys. And um, I hopefully will see you next week at another podcast recording and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.